The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. This morning, we have guests from the Rutherford County Library System on the air with us. Rita Shacklett, Director of the Rutherford County Library System, and also Mindy Barrett, the new Branch Manager of the Lime Ball Library. How are you this morning? I'm great, Scott. How are you? I'm good. It's nice weather today. We've had like weeks and weeks of rain, it feels like. Well, for right now, it's nice. It was that way yesterday. In storms. You never know. That's right. It's always a surprise. So what all is happening with the library system? Well, as you know, we had to say a sad goodbye to Carol Gaddis, who had been with us for almost 13 years, 12 and a half years, uh, as our branch manager at Limeball. And so we started our search uh, for a new one. We had uh, seven candidates, um, part internal, part external. Um, So for the last couple of weeks between vacations and crazy schedules, we managed to get in interviews and we are pleased to announce that one of our very own mindy barrett who is currently the mgl branch supervisor uh, has been chosen to be the new head of Limeball library that's pretty cool it is pretty cool so i'm excited so i I guess mindy tell us a little bit about you know because you've been with the library for years but tell us a little bit about this new position and what made you want to do this It just seemed like the next logical step for my career. And also, I came from Limeball. That's where I started in 2009. So I'm very excited to be able to get back over there and get reacquainted with the staff and all their programming. Well, at Limeball in particular, there's been, you know, lots of changes over the years and uh, moving things around and all kinds of stuff. So are you having, do you have any plans for any changes there yourself? Not just yet, but... um, (laughs) Give her time. (laughs) That's one of the things that I pride myself on is being excited and willing to make changes as needed. I will say... I was a part of a lot of those changes because I was in the youth services department when Carol started doing a lot of the rearranging and moving collections upstairs and downstairs. I was probably at fault for a lot of that. (laughs) (laughs) So how many employees are at Lineball now? 30, 33, 34, something like that. About half of our staff system-wide is at Lineball. That's quite a few. Yeah. I think it's like 16 or 17 full-time, and the rest are part-time. Now, of course, Lion Ball, they're open a lot of hours. They are. They're open 69 hours a week, seven days a week. So That's quite a few. Yeah, yeah. Are there any other branches locally that are open that many days a week? uh, The Tech, not that many, but the Tech is open. uh, Smyrna's open 60 hours a week, I believe. They close at 8 Monday through Thursday, where Limeball stays open till 9, but they are not open on Sundays. Uh, the Tech is open actually on Sundays from 1 to 6, like Limeball is, but they don't open until 10 and stay open until 8, I believe, 7 or 8, 8 o'clock, I believe. So are there any events coming up with the library? Uh Yes, this is kind of the lull month because we've just finished a very, very crazy summer reading program. 
And so staff is trying to get everything back in order and get ready to gear back up for September. So there's some, some things going on. Um, Smyrna is actually ripping out the floor in their youth services. So that area had to be kind of shifted around when it could the rest is in pods in the parking lot <laughs> and so i was there yesterday and they were still trying to do their silly song and dance and i've never seen so many little children it so they managed to make that work but they're only doing like one or two programs a week and line ball i think is kind of backed off a little bit uh until september so yeah. of course the school went back into session i'm sure that plays a huge part in the number of kids there it does uh you get more little ones right now um instead of school age but as mindy can tell you they're starting to do some things at um mgl with a homeschool group and i'll let her tell you about that that's one of the newest programs that we started offering in partnership with patterson park on Tuesdays and Thursdays, they have a homeschool PE class, and it's for a specific age group. And a lot of those parents were saying, well, what can we do with our other children who aren't participating in the PE class? And so we stepped in and we're opening up our steam room and we're calling it homeschool hangout. So it provides space for those families to meet with other homeschool families, socialize if they have extra homework they need to work on, or of course they can come into the library and check out books. Are there a lot of homeschoolers here in Rutherford County? Absolutely, yes. Uh, do you think more than some of the other communities nearby? Um, that's hard to say. I, I know based on what we see at MGL, I think it's probably comparable to other counties. Of course, we've had so much growth over the years. You know, we, we already have a big population, so right. I, I'm sure it would appear that there's a whole lot more. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mindy has and her staff have really built up some great programming. Um, I think she should tell about some of the things, especially their film club and their books and brushstrokes, which has been extremely popular. So what is the film club? Film Club is something that was started by Kristen, who works, who's on MGL staff, and it started out as a virtual program where we would watch a film and then come together virtually to discuss it. It was something that kind of was born kind of on the tail end of before we started doing adult programming again. So we would meet online and discuss it, and then we really branched out this summer. We wanted to offer a lot more programming for adults for summer and we booked a theater and so we went and watched some new release movies as part of our film club hey, are a lot more things still going online after covid as far as like discussions and and whatnot i don't think so we what we've noticed at our branch is i think everyone has a little bit of fatigue from that and so things that we had as virtual programming we're looking at ways to bring that back to in person so more in-person, that's definitely the route to go. Absolutely. And in-person things, are, what are you looking at doing at Lineball that's going to be in-person that may not have been in the past? Oh, my gosh. I have to probably just get my bearings a little bit. I, I want to come in and get reacquainted and um, and just see what the community wants and needs. That's That's going to be where I start with programming. And are any authors coming in over the next couple of weeks to talk? Well, let me check my schedule here, because <laughs> I know we have them 
uh, Carol had them booked um, pretty much through the rest of the year, if not into next year. Um, uh, they're, they're a pretty regular occurrence. Um, I'm not finding them right now, but you can go to our website at rclstn.org and look at events um, or the calendar and um, find out because we have a lot, a lot of local authors. And our Smyrna, Smyrna branch has started doing, they started last year, a local author fair. Um, and they'll be having their second one in October. I think it's the 28th. Um, but they're also looking at maybe doing some individual uh, authors as well there. So, At the library, do you guys get a lot of calls from uh, you know, publicists who, who are saying, we've got one of our authors who's going to be in town on such and such date, and they schedule a lot of out-of-town authors to come in? We don't have a ton of out-of-town, but we have quite a few local. There's a lot of local authors in Rutherford County. And we have one really yes. big author coming. Yes, you, I don't know if you we're can ready to go ahead and we'll we'll give them a teaser. I'm gonna say stay tuned. It'll be closer to the holidays. It'll be in December. But we're, I've been working on that with Katie over at Limebaugh. So a and big people one. are gonna really not want to miss this one. And and when y'all have authors come in, where where do they speak? And if you have one that's that's bigger, that's going to draw a larger crowd, where are they going to speak? Typically, they do not. When we have local authors coming, they set up tables in the main area right as you come in, and um, so people can come up and talk with them and buy their books or whatever. But it's it's a good opportunity to just have a conversation. So most of the author events are going to be through our friends groups. Um, they're already working on the pen pal author for this coming year will be actually geared for high school students, I believe. Um, and then they've already working on their um, author for their membership luncheon in January. So that's where they that's where we usually have our speaking and, authors. And do you have a lot of local books from local authors? We do. We do. We have a local bookshelf. That, that makes so it a lot that you easier. Can go, yeah. So that way you can find them quicker. Now, the other interesting thing is that you can use your computers there to look up not only family history, but history uh, about Rutherford County. Right, right. And and we have, of course, as you know, um, I guess it's been two years now, we moved the um, historical research room over to the archives and created another branch similar to MGL where it's inside, this is inside a county building, um, and Kayla Howard is our new uh supervisor over there um, but the genealogy group that meets uh, sometimes the historical society but there's always people in and out from those groups um, over there working in in the local history things so how does that work with the library card do you still go to that building and and you're able to use your library card to you know search through the history and you, know, you don't even have to have your library card for most things over there you just you can go in and so you have access to the archives as well as any of the materials that we have and so it's a really great partnership um we're we're kind of loosely basing it that if you if they get say a donation of a collection from somebody um, if there are published books that are in good condition we will take them for our collection catalog them because that's where our um, expertise lies um, and put them in our collection but if it's diaries or letters or things like that or objects the archives takes them or if it's a if it's material that's in bad shape where they need to do the preservation piece that's 
Um, but Kayla's working on some new things for a program called First Families um, that we'll talk about more later when she gets it off the ground. So what types of things can you find there? Oh, there's, uh, there's genealogy materials, there's census records and, and microfilm. And one of the things we pride ourselves on are our collection of yearbooks from local schools. Uh, we have some way back from MTSU when it was MTSC when it was a college, not a university, we have, I think, we have all of the central high school yearbooks from the time it started. Uh, we have a good collection from, oh, I may get this wrong. It's either Oakland or Riverdale. Um, we're working on the other one. Uh, we've tried to get uh, most of Smyrna's. Um, we have some of the junior highs, uh, Eagleville. So if you have any old yearbooks that you would like us to put in the collection if we don't already have them uh, contact Kayla Howard at, at the archives and uh, see what what's needed because she's really working with the schools to try to keep them and get the current ones in there as well hey, I'm sure that's interesting to go back and, and look at those oh, it's, yearbooks. it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun hey, and I would imagine the yearbooks were a little smaller than what they are today you might be surprised they were they were pretty good size. They're about the same centrals, especially pretty much the same size all the way back. I, I could see that because centrals always been large. Yes. Yes. It was large when I was there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I guess in reality, when Riverdale and Oakland open, they open with a, a big crowd. They did because you're, you're talking about uh, 72 was the last class at Central. So 73 was the first. And I, I read where they had their first 50th high school reunion this summer and i'm like oh my okay um but um i know when i was there our graduating class was over 600 people just for the seniors and that was the next to last year and that's not counting freshmen sophomore and juniors so by the time there were probably two three thousand students and they had to split those so they were already starting with probably at least a thousand students or close to it when so, they opened and so when you look back i mean they were starting uh, pretty much at full capacity right, it sounds like right and i think they've added if i'm not mistaken they've added some outside classrooms and things like that now we have blackman and siegel and and, and yeah. this this year both oakland and riverdale are adding on right so right i saw that more construction right uh, more things to put in the uh, history archives in the future. right right so you know as we add more and more people to the community which we all know how fast rutherford county is growing that that's just going to be more and do they add you know as history occurs as things unfold do they add new you know things that are relatively new to those archives um sometimes there's not that collection doesn't grow quickly um, because there's not tons of things published. We always try to focus on local first, then the state, and then primarily from states that migrated to Tennessee. So we don't just take it from anywhere. Uh, we try to focus in that, in that area. But, um, you know, sometimes a family history comes along or, you know, somebody will publish something on a church or things like that, or a school. Um, every now and then you'll get something on history of medicine, you know, like we had with Dr. Ransom a number of years ago, or the history of education in, in Rutherford County, you know, things like that. But you don't get 
you don't get those kinds of things published too often. It takes a long time to pull those things together. Again, with us this morning, we have Rita Shacklett and also Mindy Barrett from the Rutherford County Library System. We're going to take a short break, though, and we will come right back in just a minute. Again, stay with us. Time right now, 831. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Hi, this is Peter Demas. One of the things that we've done years ago is we've been able to do our orders like our pastas and many other items that we used to be able to put them in large pans. And now we have a catering team that will even deliver it to your home. We can drop it off for you, set it up, or they can come in and pick it up. Look up our catering menu on www.demasrestaurants.com. This is Peter Demas at Demas's Restaurant, 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. If you have ever dreamed of relaxing by your very own koi pond, we can make that happen at Animal City. We carry a variety of products and livestock to make your dream come true. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. Be sure to check out our downstairs level, complete with indoor pond and tons of furry cute critters. Animal City, your family-owned and operated pet store for 33 years. You can find us at Animal City at 919 Northwest Broad. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. CapstarBank.com. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. The Action Line with Bart Walker. Weekday mornings at 810. WGNS, your good neighbor station. Rutherford County's place to talk. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Right now that time, 8.33. Again, Rita Shacklett with us this morning, director of the Rutherford County Library System and also Mindy Barrett. And Mindy is the new branch manager for the Limeball Library. And I guess what, what should we talk about during this next section here? I think Mindy should tell about books and brushstrokes because that is an amazing program that they started, what, a couple of years ago at, at MGL and it's really mushroomed. Yes, it is a step-by-step painting class that we offer, and we have, everyone comes in, we provide the materials, the canvas, the paint, and our very talented Kristen Burkholtz is the instructor for that class, and the group gets together, and usually it's a seasonal subject, and when you leave, you get to have a piece of art that you created. So you, you bring your own canvas with you, or it's there? We okay. provide the canvas, the easels, the paint, the snacks, everything, and you just get to come in and relax, have a good time, and take your art home with you. So are, are you learning new things with painting, um, those who you know participate? I think so. Um, it's a great opportunity for someone who has never really painted anything to start learning the basic techniques and 
Kristen's a wonderful, very patient teacher. And so even if you feel like you don't have any skills in that area, I think you'll be very pleased with the product that you go home with. So are, are the painting class, is it during the day or is it in the evening hours? It's in the evening. We have two hours blocked off, so it's from five to seven. Okay, and, and this is something that was fairly new there. Yes, it, a couple years. Um, because it is very popular, you do have to register. And <laughs> our next class opens, registration opens on September 14th. Okay. And the last one filled up in 20 minutes. Wow, that's pretty quick. So now they're talking about doing a second one. Yes, it'll be the same painting. It will just, you get to choose whether you come in on a the 5th or the 12th or whatever. Right. Okay. Because it's it's that popular. So is that something that you're going to bring to Limeball as well? I'll see. I'll have to see um, what what's There's several what's talented on. artists yeah. at Limeball, so... Yeah, and I think each of our branches within the system, they have their own type of personality, and that might be something that's just kind of very unique for MGL. We'll just have to see. And you guys do a lot of, you know, classes that are, you know, just little series of classes that are, are, you know, artistic involved uh, on a regular basis. Yeah, and, and not just like paint and canvas, but take the tech, for example, they have like Tinker Tots and things like that where you're, you're creating things with technology. And those have been, they've had science on the patio and, and the Tinker Tot classes, and, and those are extremely popular. So now, what, what is Tinker Tot? Um, I'm new to the world of Tinker Tot. Well, it's it's for young children, and they they build things. I'm not sure what they use. They, there's so many things out there. They have steam kits that you can check out that have things to build along with books that go with it, and and so it's it's something kind of like that. Like I don't understand all the technology, so <laughs> I, I, I don't even go understand. online to to rclstn.org and look under events and and you can find out about Tinker Tots and and science on the patio and I think they have the cryptoid group Crypt- that looks at things like the Loch Ness monster and and things like that and they they learn about some of these whether they're real or not kind Big, of Bigfoot things. and all right that, right all real so, right yeah. oh of course. <laughs> That's probably the perfect segue for right. the next segment here. <laughs> so in this next segment, we'll, we'll learn more about different events and things happening at all the library locations. Right, and, and that's a, another beauty. And, and MGL actually added one. Uh, the tech has a recording studio where a lot of these recordings are made. And um, they're now working on a, a small video recording studio that was in another closet. So, but the MGL had a closet and they created a, a recording studio as well. So if you need to record a podcast or just a radio spot or whatever, you can go to either one of those. And I think some folks are even using it for like Zoom meetings oh, and, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, and, and the tech has some individual meeting rooms where you can go in and, and do Zoom calls and conference calls or small meetings or whatever. And Lineball has areas to use for tutors and... So, yeah. Pretty much everything Anything you want, you can find it at one of our branches. That's right. And, and again, there's also a branch in Eagleville that we don't talk a whole lot about. No, and she's actually had to expand her story time to have it in the community center next door because she doesn't have enough space. And she's having 15 children 
for story time and uh, she's just out of room so we're really still struggling to try to find some land and and build her a new building i think eagleville will will be one of those next really big locations because it's growing pretty fast now and they draw from other places from chapel hill and what is it union city and some of those so yeah it's growing and donna does a great job out there too well thank you both for joining us this morning thank you scott and we'll head to our uh, next segment here that again was recorded in one of the rutherford county library branches uh uh, podcast (laughs) studios that's right so we'll go to that now time right now 8 40 you're listening to wgns again on this tuesday morning Hello from the Rutherford County Library System. This is Amanda bringing you library news and events from our five branches around the county and what's going on at your library system. With schools being back in session, the Historical Research Center wants to remind everyone that they are actively seeking yearbook donations. They are especially interested in annuals from schools that they do not currently have in their collection, such as Blackman, Rockvale, and Stewart's Creek. If you want to donate any yearbooks to their collection, please email hrc at rclstn.org or visit them at 435 Rice Street in Murfreesboro. And also remember, as of June, the Rutherford County Library System has a new catalog called Aspen Discovery. This new user-friendly catalog is designed to make it easier than ever to find and borrow materials from the library. Accessible via our website at rclstn.org or directly at explore.rclstn.org. The catalog integrates our digital and physical resources and allows you to easily access materials in one place. This powerful new search engine includes features like predictive search text, curated lists, personalized recommendations, and greater control over your user account. Aspen arranges materials in large buttons horizontally at the top of the screen and can be translated into multiple language interfaces. It is now easier to browse categories like newly purchased items, New York Times bestsellers, age-leveled lists, and more. Now, let's hear from Limeball Youth Services. Hello, this is Katie Turner, Youth Services Coordinator at Lineball Public Library. And this is Belle Kane, Youth Services Assistant at Lineball. Our All Together Now summer reading program is officially over. We had such a blast with our story times, STEAM events, and performers. This year, our prize for completing the 600-minute reading challenge included a free book to keep, which means we distributed over 2,000 books to the community. That's incredible! We're so thankful to our sponsors for helping us achieve this goal. Special thanks goes out to the Friends of Lineball Library, Dairy Queen, and McDonald's for their generous donations at the community level. Belle, are you ready for this next season of children's programming? I am. We've taken a break in August to get all our books, supplies, and craft kits ready to go for the next Storytime season. Storytimes will begin right after Labor Day on September 5th. Join us at 10 a.m. every Tuesday and Wednesday for an all-ages Storytime with stories, songs, and puppet shows. Itty Bitty Storytimes for our 0 to 23 month patrons will be on Thursdays at 10 a.m. Katie, what's the theme this year? 
Well, we had such a good time traveling around the globe in our story times last year, but this year I wanted to get back to basics. This year's theme is A is for alphabet. Each week we'll focus on a different letter of the alphabet. For the weekly themes, we've selected words from the Fry list of sight words, which are the 1,000 most common words children will encounter in their reading materials. We're going in order, for ease of planning, and also because some events line up so nicely. That's right. F is for fire safety will be during National Fire Safety Week in October. October also kicks off Health Literacy Month and will be joined by our friends with the Rutherford County Health Department for E is for Eat Week. And for kid-friendly Halloween fun, we'll celebrate all things creepy-crawly with I is for Insect Week. But first, we'll start with A is for Apple on Tuesday, September 5th. I can't wait. We're continuing all our regular programming and clubs in September as well. Check out our Youth Services calendar for information about the Youth Magic Club, Lego Junior Club, and Reading Pause programs here at Linebaugh. Library 101 will resume meeting on Monday, September 11th at 11 a.m. We invite our homeschool families to join us at Linebaugh on the second Monday of each month for a new year of Library 101. Kids will learn how to navigate the library, care for books, and use our digital resources. Girls Who Code Club will host an informational meeting for parents on Thursday, September 7th at 4 p.m. Girls Who Code is a book club for all 3rd to 5th graders interested in coding and technology. Regular meetings will be held on Thursdays from 4 to 4.45 p.m. We have exciting events planned for our tween and teen patrons this fall as well. Get ready to rev your engines and join us at the Limeball Public Library for a Mario Kart tournament on Saturday, August 19th at 2 p.m. Whether you're a seasoned pro or a newcomer to the game, this is your chance to compete and have a blast. Bragging rights await the top contenders. And if you're a tween or teen who'd like to get more involved with the library and youth programming, consider joining our Teen Advisory Board. The Teen Advisory Board, or TAB for short, meets on the first Saturday of each month at 3 p.m. For more information, please contact Joabi at J-A-N-D-R-A-D-E at rclstn.org or call 615-893-4131, extension 138. For more information about any of Lineball Library's programs, please contact 615-893-4131, extension 114. Visit our Youth Services page at rclstn.org or follow us for all of our events on the RCLS Facebook page. We hope to see you soon at Lineball. Hello, my name is Burl Beasley and I'm president of Friends of Lineball Library and I would like to invite you to become a member of the Friends. In 2021, despite the pandemic, Friends raised more than $31,000 for Lineball Library, Myrtle Glanton Lord Library at Patterson Park, and the new Technology Engagement Center. Membership forms are available at the circulation desk in Lineball, Myrtle Glanton Lord, and the Tech, or email us at foleintheborough.com at gmail.com, and we will get you a membership brochure. We look forward to your support. Hello, this is Ginger at Smyrna Public Library. Do you know what has four legs, is friendly and furry, and loves to patiently listen to children reading aloud? Did you guess that it is a reading therapy dog? 
Well, you're right. Smyrna Public Library is pleased to host three different reading therapy dogs at the Tales to Tales program, which takes place on Thursday afternoons at Smyrna Library. Now is the time to get your child registered to read aloud to either General, a fluffy patient collie dog, or Maggie, a friendly poodle, or Rosie, a gentle giant wolfhound. The Tales to Tales sessions at the Smyrna Library offer children a calm and engaging opportunity to increase their reading skills and build their confidence. Sessions are limited, so call Smyrna Library today at 615-459-4884 to register your child for Tales to Tales. Hey parents and caregivers of primary school aged children, Smyrna Library's popular program Sight Word Snack Attack is back. That's right. Starting in September on Wednesdays at 3.15, children in kindergarten through third grade should visit the Smyrna Library to practice their skills in recognizing and saying sight words. Sight words are the words that appear frequently in everyday writing and are an important building block of early literacy and reading comprehension. Smyrna Library wants to support young students in this necessary reading skill. Kids who attend this program will have fun, learn sight words, and receive a free snack. We look forward to seeing you and your students at the Smyrna Library for Sight Word Snack Attack. Now is the time for preteens ages 10 to 12 to make plans to participate in the popular fantasy tabletop role-playing game Dungeons and Dragons at Smyrna Public Library. Parents, did you know that the game Dungeons and Dragons provides an opportunity for young players to develop social emotional skills, build confidence, and learn to express themselves? The Dungeons and Dragons program for preteens begins September 21st at 3.30 and will repeat every other week on Thursdays. Get ready to try this fun, free program just for preteens at Smyrna Library and let the fantasy begin. This is Shasta Howe, here to share with you some of the upcoming events at Linebaugh Public Library. Did you know that your public library offers free services that can save you time and effort? There are three active notaries at Linebaugh who can make your signed documents official, and we charge absolutely nothing for that service. No appointments are necessary, but if you need witnesses or have a lot of documents, you may want to call ahead. We also have a DMV kiosk that will let you renew your Tennessee driver's license without standing in line or making an appointment. Simply pay the fee, stand still for your picture, and it spits out your temporary license and you're on your way. Your permanent ID card will arrive at your home after a couple of weeks. For the remainder of August and first part of September, we have numerous clubs that are open to the public. The Lit Wits Book Club meets August 17th at 6.30 p.m. The Lit Wits Book Club is a small, informal group which holds lively discussions with non-judgmental, warm, and welcoming book lovers. The Forever Young Adult Book Club is a group of YA fans who are a little less Y and a little more A. Whether you're a regular YA reader or you need a break from your usual to-read list, all are welcome. They're meeting at 2 p.m. on August 19th. The Tuesday Morning Book Group meets August 22nd at 10 a.m. and reads a mixture of literary fiction, nonfiction, and classics. Yarn Love Murfreesboro is a casual group of yarn enthusiasts who love to knit and crochet. All levels of experience are welcome, from beginners to experts. 
They are next meeting at 6.30 p.m. on the 22nd. Finally, the Murfreesboro Writers Group meets at 6 p.m. on the 30th. If you are serious about writing something, this group of like-minded folks is for you. Be sure to check out our event calendar at rclstn.org for more events and opportunities at the library. We hope to see you there. Hello, it's Kathleen from the Technology Engagement Center next to Hopgood Elementary School in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. The Cryptid Club meets every third Sunday for a fun all-ages event where we discuss the folklore, stories, and theories surrounding the sightings of phenomenal creatures. Come check it out and share your favorite creature with us. Our seed library is still growing strong. Now is a great time to start your fall garden. Many vegetables grow and mature well into the Middle Tennessee fall and some even over winter. Radishes, leafy greens, turnips, beets, and carrots can all be started from seed in August. All you need is your library card. Monday Storytime now has two meeting times, so you don't have to miss out if you've got school-aged kids. We're continuing with the monthly bilingual event too, so there's lots of reasons to come, visit, and share a story. They're back! Both Tiny Tech and Tinker Tech resume the first week of September. What's the difference, you ask? These STEAM-focused programs for kids are age-based, with Tiny Tech designed for the pre-K crowd and meet in the morning. Tinker Tech is aimed more for elementary kids and takes place after school. But all ages are always welcome at these fun learning events. Books and Brews, the Tech's eBook club, chooses its titles using Hoopla, which is free with your library card, so there are no holds and no waiting ever. We gather off-site at different fun venues. Check social media and the library website on the book club's page for our next title and location. We've also joined the Science Friday podcast's Sci-Fry Book Club. It just seemed like the perfect fit for the tech. Check out their website. We are official. The August title is the Keiju Preservation Society by John Scalzi. Meet with us and discuss on the last Friday of the month. Did you know that the Tech has a Cricut Explore Air 2? The makerspace at the Tech is the only public makerspace in Rutherford County, and all you need to utilize this wonderful equipment is some introductory information and your library card. The Cricut operates a bit like a standard printer, except it uses a blade or a pen to cut or print. You can cut cardstock, vinyl, iron-on, or specialty materials, and then make your own 3D paper projects or custom vinyl stickers. Email the tech for more information and then come make it. A big thank you to the RCLS Collection Development and Cataloging Departments who have been assisting us in launching the tech's new Library of Things. A Library of Things is a collection of non-traditional items, including gadgets, tools, games, kits, electronics, and more, all available to check out for free with your library card. Need something for a one-time project or want to try something before you buy? The Library of Things builds community through a shared economy while giving you the opportunity to use an item that may not be attainable or just to save money. You'll want to explore our new collection and discover the next thing to help you explore, imagine, and engage at your library. Watch our social media for more information.
More details for our events can be found on the RCLS website calendar and we post to all social media. These programs are free and open to the public. The Rutherford County Library System comprises six branches and a bookmobile throughout Rutherford County, including Murfreesboro, Smyrna, Eagleville, Patterson Park, and the Technology Engagement Center, as well as the newly opened Historical Research Center. And remember, all RCLS events are free and open to the public unless otherwise stated. Please check our calendar at rclstn.org and social media for a full list of virtual and in-person programming and events. For a list of everything heard here today and for more information, please call 615-893-4131 or visit rclstn.org. A missing person case with roots in Eagleville, Tennessee, has the family of Kimberly Vivian Morrow concerned. The 20-year-old who lives with her grandmother in Eagleville was last seen on August the 3rd. WGNS's Josephine Walker talked to Vivian's father, Joe Morrow, on Monday evening. Joe, can you tell me your daughter's full name and then the last time that you saw her? My daughter is Kimberly Morrow, or Vivian Morrow. That's what she prefers to be called. The last time I saw my daughter was approximately the afternoon of August the 3rd. Tell me a little bit about your relationship with your daughter as a father over the years. My daughter and I have been close her whole life. Um, and like any relationship, there's a, you know there's an occasional bump in the road. We've been close her whole life, very open. She is a genuinely empathetic person who will seek out you know, Dad, how are you doing today? Or come over, I'm watching TV. Dad, can I have a hug? You'll have to get up. And uh, and we've it's been a, a genuinely close relationship, even even through the rough times. So and up until I last saw her, she would come. Even though she didn't live here, she would come over to the house some mornings and have coffee with me. She loved coffee. And we both were coffee snobs. We'd sit and have coffee and talk about what was going on. So, yeah, mm. so it was a complete surprise. Where do you think that your daughter could possibly be? It's quite possible that she's headed in the direction of Pennsylvania. Does her cell phone ring or go straight to voicemail? It goes straight to voicemail for anybody who calls her. Not just us, her, her friends that I've reached out to, they mm. can't get a hold of her either. Do you have any way to track the location of her phone? The police can't ask Mint Mobile to pay her phone because she's an adult. Has she ever left without saying anything? She had a habit of occasionally driving to the Clarksville area to be involved in the punk music scene there, to go to shows. She did that in Murfreesboro, too. A man walking home from a corner store in Kentucky found Vivian's wallet. After looking through the wallet to find out who it belonged to, he contacted Vivian's parents to let them know where he found it. I understand that her wallet was found in Kentucky. Can you tell us more about that? Wherever she was in Kentucky on Sunday, we believe that was Richmond, Kentucky. They found her wallet there that day. She lost her wallet. She didn't have any money. An older gentleman, probably 60, 65 years old, was walking home from the corner store 
and he happened to cross an intersection and her wallet was laying on the street and he picked it up and took it home and his wife looked through it and it had her ID and it had a couple of other things and she reached out and got a hold of us. The woman is now without her wallet and therefore without any money. What does the public need to know the most about your daughter? She has compassion and empathy for others. Not a judgmental person. My daughter's a good person. And she was planning a career in the culinary arts. Can you tell us what she was like growing up? Growing up, my daughter was, she was a typical little girl. She was happy about her life. She would get excited over little things that you and I have just come to get used to. She laughed a lot as a kid. Please describe to our listeners what your daughter looks like. Her look today is very different than growing up, which is often the case, I know. But she she wears a mohawk and she dyes it purple or green. I've seen it blue, usually purple or green, with hair hanging down in front of your ear. Do you remember what she was last wearing? She wears combat boots with yellow laces all the time and the the yellow laces she told me once was in solidarity with the lgbt community somehow that spoke a message to people who knew it she had a a print t-shirt on was a pen and teller t-shirt that i bought her back in 2016 when i was in las vegas and then she had a men's casual lightweight button-down short sleeve shirt or long sleeve but the sleeves rolled up i don't remember Usually something plaid, something something that looked kind of masculine. And then black jeans, almost always black jeans, and those combat boots, and maybe a little bit of jewelry. Have you had any contact with her? Not me, and not my wife, or any of us here. But wherever she was in Kentucky on Sunday... Were there any clues that she may be planning a trip of some sort? The circumstance, what happened, is out of the ordinary, without any uh, communication. It's very unusual for her to be gone this long with no communication with us. Nobody has seen her car since Saturday in Murfreesboro before she left. It's my opinion that she never intended to stay gone. I think she got herself into some trouble that she didn't consider. What does the public need to know the most about your daughter? I want to make sure I let people know that Her given name is Kimberly, but she goes by Vivian. That's what she prefers. And if if you see my daughter, if you... I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I start to think about all the things. I love her so much. I just just want her to come home. I want to know she's safe. She's not gotten herself into a situation where she's being hurt. Kimberly Morrow, who goes by the name of Vivian Caspin Ember, was last seen on the afternoon of August 3rd. She stands at 5 foot 9 and weighs approximately 130 pounds. She drives a 2012 Honda Civic that is maroon in color. The license plate on the four-door sedan is BNK-5716. The Eagleville Police Department is over the investigation. But if you have information for the police, you're asked to contact the Sheriff's Office at 615-898-7770.